right, glad you're with us. 119 days. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Until you become the ultimate jury, the American people will decide. The choice cannot be any more clear. We'll repeat this often. This is about the future of America as we know it. It's it's either going to be this failed socialist new Green New Deal with the history of failure that is socialism. I, I do a whole chapter. There's more I forgot about the failure of socialism than I had remembered in the researching of Live Free or America Will Die and, and the world is on the brink and America's on the brink. If they implement that which they say that they are going to implement, America as we know it will become unrecognizable. There's, there's not a single issue of agreement that I now see between what is the modern left-wing radical socialist democratic party as now led by Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. 125 years of unmitigated failure. That is their track record. That is who they are. This is what they represent and what they're proposing should shock the country. Joe Biden promising to raise taxes through the roof. All, you know, remember the Green New Deal, what are they going to do? They're going to confiscate as much money as they they probably need. And I'll tell you, even if they did it, it doesn't begin to pay for the promises, the false promises, the lies that is socialism, that is a proven failure time and time again. One day I'm just going to go through the history of the failure of socialism. I do it in the book, Live Free or Die. But I'm telling you, you cannot promise in 10 years to spend $94 trillion just on the new Green Deal, another $52 trillion Medicare for all, or try and repair what is the dilapidated, broken-down failure that we call Obamacare. Keep your doctor plan and save on average 2500 bucks a year. Well, millions lost their doctors, millions lost their plans. And we're on average across the country, we're all paying about 200% more. There's almost 40% of this country, 40% that now has one Obama Biden care option. That's it. So how did that work out for you? Now they're going to guarantee you what a government job. Now they're going to guarantee you government healthy food. Now they're going to get rid of, you know, gas, oil, coal, the lifeblood of the world's economy. Then they're going to promise you a retirement. Then they're going to promise you free college. Then they're going to give, you know, forgiveness for student debt. Then they're going to give give you everything and anything you could ever want. It's it, in some it's appealing, I guess, on the level if, wow, I don't I don't ever have to worry about another thing for the rest of my life because the government's going to take care of me. Well, if you just take out a calculator or maybe do the math in your head because it's not that hard. Or maybe if you're like Joe and you're from whatever centuries he's from, you know, he had those old style views on race and integration that we went over in great detail yesterday. That none, nobody else, I was right, nobody else in the media, they're never going to cover it. You know, Biden has a history of, of failure on the issue. This is why they have no standing on race. 
I've gone through every dumb thing that they've said over and over and over again. I mean, it's amazing the media mob that they are. You know, they're not challenging Democrats. This Look, they say, well, those are older Democrats. These are the people they point to as their mentors. The people that stood up and filibustered the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65. All of them, starting with Biden, my great friend, my mentor, Robert Byrd, he filibustered the 64 Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. You know, he praised uh, he praised Robert Byrd. Hillary praised Byrd. Bill Clinton praised him. Pelosi praised him. Schumer praised him. Imagine if Donald Trump had praised him. Just think for a second. What do you think? The, how do you think the mob and the media would have reacted if, in fact, that was the case? Because it was 80 percent of Republicans in the House that supported the Civil Rights Act. And in the Senate, it was 82 percent of Republicans and a much lower percentage of Democrats. Lyndon Johnson, to get that historic legislation passed, he had to rely on the Republican Party to get that done. The same party of the Emancipation Proclamation and Lincoln. I know every two years and every four years that, you know, Republicans are racist and sexist, and you know the whole list. I've, I've played example after example. I can do it again if you want me to. But you get the point. You know, imagine if th- these were the positions of Donald Trump, how do you think the mob would be reacting? What do you think the mob would be saying? How would the mob attack Donald Trump? Because I'm going to tell you something, it's not that hard to figure out, is it? Not that hard if if you look at Joe Biden's record to figure out his positions. You know, for example, now he supports reparations, but, well, he has said in the past I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today for the sins of my generation. I'll be damned, he said, if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Remember, it's Biden who opposed court-ordered integration and busing. And unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being, quote, a racial jungle with tensions built so high that it's going to explode at some point. He held on to those views deep into the 80s when he was running for president, you know, the first time. That's how nuts he is. And and it goes on for there. And then his comments about predators, you know, and his support. You know, remember, it was you, know, you got to remember something here. Because, remember, he said, well, they're going to be predators 15 years from now. They must be taken off the streets. Well, that is res- what resulted in dispar- disparity in sentencing. That's the re- That happened right there. He was right on the front lines and advocating for this. That was fixed by Donald Trump. Criminal justice reform, police reform, Donald Trump. Support for historically black colleges, more money for a greater commitment of time than any president in history. Opportunity zones, the Garden of Heroes, that's Trump's idea. That wasn't Joe or Barack's idea. You know, you you look at opportunity zones, everything in between. But more importantly, you know, there's symbolism over substance. The substance is clear, is that no president 
has shattered more record low unemployment records than Donald Trump. It's it's month after month after month. Record low unemployment for every demographic group, especially minorities in America. They didn't accomplish that in the eight years of Barack and Joe. They didn't accomplish any of these things. And the media, you know, why didn't they do any of these things? You know, 125 years combined experience, Pelosi, Schumer, Biden. What, it never dawned on them that maybe they could, you know, restore peace and safety and security in the hometown of Barack Obama? Because they never barely mentioned it in eight years. They barely, everything, I don't care if it's taxes. I don't care if it's burdensome regulation. I don't care if it's judges, Supreme Court justices. I don't care if it's securing the border versus sanctuary cities and states and amnesty. I don't care if it's energy independence. I don't care if it's better trade deals. I don't care if it's a tougher foreign policy. I mean, you have split right down the middle. The biggest choice election in history. And I love these these rhino Republicans. They just hate Donald Trump. Okay, John Bolton comes out with a stupid book. By the way, I actually looked at the numbers, the mob and the media. He didn't sell anywhere near 750,000 copies. That's a lie. I don't know where that came from. But, you know, there's out there touting everything. You know, if you were in the room, John, why didn't you say something? I haven't heard that question asked of him. And if you really think, John, I thought you cared about not appeasing mullahs in Iran. What, Biden get, gets elected? I'll, I'll, blame, I'll blame the likes of John Bolton if another $150 billion in cash and other currency end up on the tarmac of mullahs in Iran. Because he'll be partly responsible. You think what has happened with Israel and recognizing Jerusalem as its capital, uh, recognizing uh, Gaza, Golan Heights, the best partnership the Israel and the United States has ever had. I didn't see that happen under Biden and Barack. I saw more hostility towards Israel than ever before that I can remember. Foreign policy, peace through strength, rebuilding our military. Being prepared for, you know, knowing we live in a dangerous world governed by the use of powerful military force, needing the best and latest and greatest in technology. That's all on the ballot. Why doesn't it matter? I, I, I understand everyone wants to talk about the memorials. OK, well, let's talk about it. Can we first secure the safety of every man, woman and child, especially children, every grandma, grandpa, every mom and dad? In, our, in every city, every town in America, because these, these Democratic-run cities for decades, these Democratic blue states for decades, they haven't done a damn thing to keep anybody safe and secure. You want the latest statistics? I got them. I come into the show prepared every day because the violence is now, with, with this defund the police madness, it's sweeping across the nation. Over 1,000 cops injured. You know, what did... They have families they want to go home to. They're willing to risk their lives. The good 99%. Six kids have died in just the last few days, ages 6 to 14. Do you know their names? I've given out their names. It's 87 shootings in Chicago, you know, over the weekend, 17 fatalities, 13 of the shooting victims under 14. 
Same thing in New York. 11 deaths from gun violence from Friday through Sunday. Now we're killing six-year-old kids, seven-year-old kids, and eight-year-old kids are getting killed. Atlanta, eight-year-old kid. And you look at, um, you know, look at Chicago, seven-year-old little girl playing in her, her grandma's backyard. She got shot in the head, dead. Do you know her name? Because I mentioned her name. Ask yourself, do you know the name? The odds are you don't. That's, that's another problem. What, they get a pass for not doing what should be their fundamental responsibility in terms of governance. Keep your citizenry safe and secure. So then they can pursue happiness, then fix your busted up school system like, oh, Baltimore, 13 public high schools, not one child proficient in math, and it's third per capita in terms of of spending per child more than than every other city basically in the industrialized world. How do you fail at that level and not step in to fix it? And let me tell you, if you look at Baltimore, New York City, New York State, New Jersey, you look at Michigan with this this governor, you look at Los Angeles, you look at Minneapolis, you look at Atlanta, the city, not the state of Georgia. You, you know, all the cities we're talking about this violence and these failed schools have been run by Democrats for decades. Most of the states, but they've been run by Democrats for decades. Let me tell you, it's all on the line. Or this country, I predict, becomes unrecognizable. That's what I predict. 119 days, you're the ultimate jury. Six kids, six to 14, dead in the shooting over the last few days. 87 shot Chicago, 17 fatalities, 13 of the shooting victims under the age of 14 years old. I mean, now, what what are they doing about it? By the way, kudos to the Georgia governor who's declared a state of emergency over the deadly shootings there that took the life of a young girl. Um, You know, the Atlanta mayor now, Apparently, she has COVID. I do wish her the best of health. But anyway, she has been seen as a a viable vice presidential pick for the corrupt and, uh, let's say, confused Joe Biden. Now she's going to have to respond to critics over her handling of the armed protesters that were occupying, as I showed on TV weeks ago, the Wendy's restaurant, because that's where the shooting of this eight-year-old girl, Sequoia Turner, took place. Why didn't she clear it out? Why didn't they do it? In the Chop Chaz Summer of Love Spaghetti Potluck Dinner Zone. They didn't do it. New York uh, Post editorial today to Comrade de Blasio. Do something about the people dying in the streets of New York. We cut. Well, he did something. He cut a billion dollars for the police force. NYPD commissioner says, yeah, this is really dumb. A new bill is going to require New York cops to have personal insurance for liability lawsuits. Forget it. Quit. There's no point. They won't let you do your job. 25 till the uh, top of the hour. Hannity.com, Amazon.com. And we have announcements we're going to be making about the book in the days to come. Uh, This is it. Live free or America will become unrecognizable. The subtitle, live free or die, America and the world on the brink. That is not an exaggeration. And and I I lay out every single thing that will define the future of this country. There's never been a moment like this 
where everything is it is it is everything is on the line. You can see it playing out every single day and night on television. You know where they want to take this country. You know that these promises they make are false. You know that it's it's nothing that is even remotely sustainable. But yet they push it, they drive it. We have great news on the economy. Now that jobs are coming back, a uh, record number. We have uh, CNBC hiring surged to 6.5 million from 4.05 million in April. And separations plunged 60%, according to the Labor Department. And they point out also that the layoffs, uh, the layoff rate tumbled from 5.9% in April. It's down to 1.4%. Hiring showed the biggest monthly gain ever. Separations, meaning with companies, furloughs, etc. We also know that um, that is now at a a much lower rate. They posted their largest drop as Americans now are going back to work. Started in May, followed through June. And now employment vacancies also shot up, rising 8%. Openings totaled, what, 5.4 million. And it's only going to get better in the month of July, in the month of August, in the month of September and October. I guess that's bad news politically for the Democrats. Um, You have this video. Did you see the video? We put it on Hannity.com. This man holding the hand of his daughter, if I had to guess his age uh, or the age of the little girl. What was she, Linda? Maybe two, three years old. I'm a very young girl. Look like three. It's a years very old young child. Yeah, her father's holding her hand. Yeah. All right. So, a car in the middle of the day. They're, they're they're literally crossing the street, holding hands together. That won't happen again, because he was assassinated right there on the streets of the Bronx in New York. Great job, Comrade De Blasio. You know, you have other. You know that disturbing video. That was literally in the Bronx and and it and in broad daylight. Unbelievable. You got two men murdered, another wounded during a a close shootout in a Bronx apartment building. We have that surveillance video recorded Sunday evening inside a building near College uh, Avenue, Claremont. Tweeted by the chief of detectives, Rodney Harrison, showing three men peeking down a staircase, then making a beeline for an apartment. Two gunmen suddenly emerge, one from the staircase, the other from down the hallway. According to the footage, one suspect appears to fire his weapon once before disappearing down the staircase while the other pops off several shots. The clip then cuts as two of the victims are struggling on the ground while the third man is desperately trying to open the door. Cops say a 22-year-old man was shot multiple times. 27-year-old man took a bullet in the neck, pronounced dead at Bronx Care Health System. Chicago, we have a pastor reacting to the violence, especially the death of the seven-year-old little girl. And that pastor was on Fox and Friends this morning describing meeting with the family. I mean, how, how do you recover from that? What did I say with George Floyd? I said, imagine if that was your son or daughter and a knee on the neck. How would you feel? What if it's your six, seven, eight-year-old child that's killed or your grandchild that's killed? How do you feel? This isn't that hard to figure out. That's the that, this is the most basic, simplest, most fundamental role of government. Now, finally, in Minneapolis, 
city council forgot to check with uh, many of uh, the people of Minneapolis, the black community in Minneapolis. According to Breitbart, black leaders in Minneapolis are now beginning to speak out against proposals to defund or abolish the police after the Democratic-dominated city council voted unanimously to dismantle the city's police department. Minneapolis Star Tribune reporting that there is strong pushback from African-American leaders against the radical proposals by Black Lives Matter. Remember, the group Black Lives Matter, they're the ones that chanted, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now, and pigs in a blanket and fry them like bacon. Local African-American leaders are using words like egregious and grotesque and absurd and crazy to describe this anti-police plan. The council members, though, Oh, they're secure and they're safe because they're spending taxpayer dollars to hire private security. Isn't it nice to be a politician? All the Democratic politicians and leaders in Washington, they all have security, armed. Many of them get, you know, government-funded jets like Speaker Pelosi got. You know, Hollywood stars, they've got enough money to hire their own security forces. And uh, it's unbelievable. Atlanta mayor's under huge fire. Why did she allow all of these people to, to congregate around the Wendy's? I mean, we had a Fox reporter, Steve Harrigan, was live on the air one night. And I had reported that, and I, Bernie Kerrigan had given me a tip. He was down in Atlanta with police officers, the 99% of good officers that risked their lives, put their lives on the line to protect and serve their community. And then that Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks, where that incident went down, taken over by guys with long guns and, and AR-15s. The mayor did nothing. Well, now a little kid is dead. Eight-year-old Sicoria Turner. Why didn't the mayor do something? Now, the governor of Georgia, to his credit, Brian Kemp is going to deploy 1,000 National Guard troops. That's the right call. That's what they should have done Right after this started to happen, you can't let city streets be commandeered and taken over by anarchists like they did in the chop zone, the Chad zone, the summer of free love zone. I mean, when I interviewed this Horace, this poor man who lost his son, Horace um, uh, Anderson is his name, Lorenzo, Horace Lorenzo Anderson. His son's name was Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. His 19 year old son was murdered. Not one person in, in Seattle, no elected official called this man. The governor never called this man. President apparently watching Hannity called and got his number and called him. President had been begging Washington State, begging the city of Seattle to accept the help. The president's been offering help, whatever they need. They keep declining. They keep saying, we don't want you here. Why? Why not? Governor Kemp, he's doing the right thing. You know, the, it just is unbelievable that we're allowing this to happen. And I'm going to tell you, we're not going to be a better country for it. And, you know, I, I, I guess if you listen to the mob in the media, you know, Al Sharpton condemning, I thought the president's speech at Mount Rushmore was literally, you know, talking about American goodness, American greatness, American exceptionalism, not American perfection. No, no people on the face of the earth are perfect. We know that. But our constitutional system, 
allows us to rightly correct wrongs, injustices, and evils. And we've done it, and we've got a long way to go, and we'll do it again with the idea to become a more perfect union. And the mob and the media, oh, this was a love letter to white supremacy. What are they talking about? We're going to get lectures from Al Sharpton on that topic? You know, about, you know, about white people living in the caves and, well, quote, we, while we were building pyramids. I can go on from there. Pin your yarmulke on. Let's get it on. On backwards. Let's put it on. Let's get it on. He's the one that used the N-word multiple times to describe the first African-American mayor of the city of New York, David Dinkins. I don't even want to hear it. Don't play. I don't, I'm sick of hearing it. Washington Post, uh, their editor calling America's a racist and patriarchal society. I, 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 I met, does anyone not? It was sort of like what Michelle Obama said. For the first time in my adult life, I am proud of my country. For the first time? You aren't proud of American? For, were you proud that Americans joined together? And that to save a union, we fought a civil war. Big part of that was over the issue of slavery. Are you proud of the Underground Railroad? Harriet Tubman? Going to be a part of the Garden of Heroes that the president was talking about. People, all races, colors, backgrounds will be represented. Are you proud of uh, the, 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 the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act? Grant, I wish it would have happened immediately. Oh, every American does. But that's how you right wrongs, correct injustices. And many people risk their lives. I got to know many of these civil rights pioneers and leaders when I lived down in Atlanta. And Maynard Jackson called my radio show the first day I'm on the air. Welcome me to his city. I got to know him. I got to like him. Then I became, then I got to respect the Joseph Lowry's of the world, the Andy Young's of the world, became friends with the uh, Hosea Williams of the world, work with this guy, this Peppermill Joe. You know, we were trying to help fix some of the, the first um, public housing units that were destroyed, like Techwood Homes and Peppermill and, and a couple of other things. Amazing people. Even John Lewis, man of real courage. I disagree with their politics. I used to go to forums. I used to debate. I, I had no problem. I'll, I'll discuss, debate any, any issue with anybody anywhere. Okay, I understand House Democrats, you, you want the Confederate statues. Okay, does that, does that include the Democratic statues that Pelosi's father put up in Baltimore? Does that include, are they going to take back the words of praise for Robert KKK Byrd? Because that's the modern Democratic Party. That's why they have no standing. And why didn't they set record low unemployment for minorities in America? Why did it take Donald Trump? Why didn't they commit to historically black colleges and, and opportunity zones? Why didn't they, you know, why didn't they go forward with police reform? Because they had the opportunity. Can we first make sure every American citizen is safe and secure? Can we do that first? Fix the educational system. Can we do that? You know, I'm looking at how this, you know, where, where we're headed here. And I don't like what I see. Because it's not, it's spiraling out of control and it's going to get worse. And it's going to embolden and empower criminal networks 
to literally take control of, of areas of, of cities and states that we never thought was possible. By the way, there is uh, on the 2020 front, former White House physician, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, he was both the, the White House physician under Obama and Trump. He's saying, yeah, Joe Biden has cognitive issues. Says Trump took a cognitive test and passed with flying colors. He's urging Biden to take the exact same test. Anyway, he told this in an interview he gave to the Kyle Olson show that Biden needs to take a cognitive assessment and release the results. I'm not comfortable with him being president, he said. I think he's got cognitive issues. But as a concerned American, you know, he said he's not diagnosing the former vice president. He's not examining him, but he's saying, but as a concerned American who also happens to be a physician, I'm just going to say it's concerning to me that he's not able at times to complete a sentence and not really know where he's at or what he's doing. And we've seen that countless times now. Is that a fair question? Do you have the strength, the stamina to take on the hardest job in the world? He also has a failed record that at some point is going to be exposed. We'll do all the, I guess, vetting like we had to do in 2007 and 8 because the mob won't do it. You know, blue wave, Biden blue wave tax hikes, by the way, could batter the stock market. According to some research that came out, it was on FoxNews.com. Joe Biden warning students uh, that are that are minorities, they will suffer if schools remain closed. I'm not sure exactly what that means. The school systems are failing in all these blue cities run by politicians for decades, by Democrats, same with states. You know, um, you just look at all of this and you say, how did this happen? They want open borders and closed schools, the, the left. Why don't we, you know, according to the American Pediatric Society, wasn't that, they're the ones that said it's time to open schools. Executive director of UNICEF said it. It's a critical step for reopening the economy. Joe Biden won't commit to defending our framers and founders. Joe Biden and the liberals in D.C., and the, they're incapable of grasping the growing backlash against the cancel culture movement. Why do you want to, you know, all of these issues came up about Jimmy Fallon and they went after Howard Stern and Jimmy Kimmel. And this person said that 22 years ago. And this person was in this skit 22 years ago. I've never called for anybody to be canceled or fired. I don't do that. The American people get to make those decisions. You either listen or watch or you don't. But to, you know, have organized efforts to silent opposing voices? No, I won't be a part of that. Ever. And by the way, I don't like Bill Maher. I don't like Jimmy Kimmel in particular. I do like Howard. But I don't like the others. I don't want any. I believe in free speech. Make my living doing this. But it's conservatives they always want to silence. Now the left is getting a taste of their own medicine. It's not pleasant, is it? Finally, I'd end with this. You know, I was asked probably 12 questions about the Confederate flag. Uh, this president's focused on action, and I'm a little dismayed that I didn't receive one question on the deaths that we got in this country this weekend. I didn't receive one question about New York City shootings doubling for the third straight week, and over the last seven days, shootings skyrocket by 142%. Not one question. I didn't receive one question about five children who were killed, and I'll leave you with this remark by a dad. It broke my heart. A dad of an eight-year-old lost in Atlanta 
Atlanta this weekend, they say Black Lives Matters. You killed a child. She didn't do nothing to nobody was his quote. We need to be focused on securing our streets, making sure no lives are lost because all Black Lives Matter, that of David Dorn and that of this eight-year-old girl. They say Black Lives Matter. You killed your own. You killed your own this time. Just because of burial. They killed my baby because she crossed the barrier and made a U-turn. You killed a child. She ain't do nothing to nobody. She ain't did nothing to now one of y'all. She just wanted to get home to see her cousin. That's all she wanted to do. She just wanted to get home. The reality is this. These aren't police officers shooting people on the streets of Atlanta. These are members of the community shooting each other. And in this case, it is the worst possible outcome. And there were two other people who were actually shot and killed last night and several others. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Uh, that was Sequoria Williamson, father of the eight-year-old daughter, and Sequoria Turner saying that, yes, Black Lives Matter, you killed your own this time. You heard Kaylee McEnany just ripping apart reporters. You know, oh, they want to talk about the monuments. They want to talk about the statues. As, as I said last night on TV, okay, let's, if you want that debate, let's have that debate. Can we first stop the violence? Because the carnage is out of control. You have six kids aged between six and 14 uh, that have been literally, they're all dead in the last uh, five days. And we're seeing in, in all of these cities now a level of gun violence and murder surpassing the deadly toll, uh, uh, you know, at the same time last year. And last year was bad. Chicago, 87 shootings, 17 fatalities from Thursday evening through Sunday night. 13 of those shooting victims under 14 years old. New York, out of control. 11 deaths from gun violence from Friday through Sunday. Philadelphia, 31 shootings, 7 deaths from gun violence. Atlanta, 23 shootings, including the death of an 8-year-old little girl killed while riding in a car with her mom and and happened to pass a roadblock and runs into a, a, a mob of protesters. We, I think we were the only show on TV to report and actually show you a video. If you remember Steve Harrigan at the time interviewing guys that had their AR-15s in front of that Wendy's in, in Atlanta. Now we have a billion dollars cut from the NYPD, defund the police movements <clears throat> all across the country. Same thing in every big city. All of the cities that we're talking about have been run by liberal Democrats for decades. The same with most of the states. It is the same thing. It is a it, you. It, this is the results. You know. Now we put handcuffs. We we under Biden and Barack. We put handcuffs on our military. Now we're putting handcuffs on the police, literally, and they are retiring in huge numbers. Now they're being defunded. So I guess they're going to get fired, laid off, paid off, whatever it happens to be. You got the Georgia governor rightly declaring a state of emergency down there. The Atlanta mayor's facing criticism over the early handling of the protest site. Just like the mayor in Seattle, this this summer of love zone. In New York, you've got an editorial. Mayor de Blasio, do something about the, the deaths on our streets. 500 plus thousand people now have left New York City. And it's only the it's only the beginning of what will be a much larger trend out of these blue states, blue cities 
that have been run into the ground with burdensome bureaucracy, high taxes, horrific governance. You know, unbelievable. Uh, the NYPD commissioner blaming the shootings on police reforms gone too far. You think? Chicago pastor reacting this weekend to the death of this innocent seven-year-old girl and, and literally saying on Fox and Friends that, you know, this poor girl was killed outside of her grandmother's house playing the, in the backyard on the 4th of July. Well, if we want to talk about pursuit of happiness... If you want to talk about, you first have to have simple, basic, fundamental government working towards safety and security of every American citizen um, in every state, in every city, from sea to shining sea. It's not that complicated. And it's something that can be accomplished because it has been accomplished. Anyway, hour two, Sean Hannity show. Uh, we welcome back to the program our friend Leo Terrell, American civil rights uh, attorney, talk radio host, at the Leo Terrell on Twitter. Pastor Patrick uh, P.T. Uh, Nguolo is with us. Remember, he was the lead pastor uh, of George Floyd's church in, in Houston, Resurrection Houston. Thank you, Pastor, for being back. Um, actually, I, you know, I got a lot of response, Pastor, to my idea. We had a discussion. I don't know if you got any feedback to this. And I told you about an incident when I debated Al Sharpton at the National Action Network. And before it even started, I said, you know, Reverend Al, do you believe that there's one God that created every man, woman and child? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior and and sacrificed himself and was beaten and scourged and and murdered on a cross uh, and and was the ultimate sacrifice to reconcile humanity to to god the father the creator and he said yes and i said why are you wrong on everything else and then i i made an observation and you agreed with me that why is it even in the same city we'll take houston for example like i assume it's like other cities where you have christian churches that believe that and yet you have predominantly white churches and predominantly black churches remember our discussion on this i do remember and you agreed with me that that kind of is the way it is right I, I do agree. That is the reality in America. In the and then I came up United with a brilliant States idea. I said, well, why don't we adopt a church? Why, in other words, why does in a, a Christian church, maybe predominantly white congregants, you know, adopt a church of Christians with predominantly African-American congregants and, and go visit each other's churches regularly? It's, it's the, the idea sounds, it sounds amazing. I, I, I think that, uh, to, to your point, I think that is, by the way, you probably got criticism for even talking to me because, oh, Hannity's a conservative. Uh, I, I, yeah, I get criticism about a lot of things I do. but uh, So that means, yes, I you did, my, my, but I'm fine with it. That's the life <laughs> I live. But I, but I do want a more perfect union, Pastor. I want okay. our kids safe. I believe every child is born of God, and there's good and there's evil. And we've got to protect, and the police are the line of protection against evil. This is true. So... So let, let's let's talk about this idea of the church. You, you 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 do see that some of the issues that are underlying in our community, our larger community, uh, if the church is going, if we're going to tackle this from a, a humane perspective, a love perspective, that the church is going to have to show a uh, reconciled, unified force, and that. Uh, the hope of the world is, uh, well, in my opinion, the hope of the world is the church. And if the church is broken or it's unreconciled, 
we can't do the work that we were called to do. Do you see that? Pastor, what I see is it doesn't make any sense to me. If you have a fundamental belief in your faith in God, and and our founding document says that we're endowed by our Creator with inalienable rights, God-given rights, not government-given rights, then it just makes sense to me that if you start there, then you can, and, and what, for whatever reason churches have been apart, bring them together. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I, see, that, that is something we can agree on. We, we, we may not agree on how historically we got there, but I mean, okay, now solving that issue, I think, is the Rubik's Cube of uh, solving the issue we see in the country. I don't think it's how that hard. Churches- how about you just, how about your church invites a neighboring church um, in, in, to come celebrate, you know, your your faith, your your mutual faith together. Why is that so freaking complicated? So I think you're, you know, I'll, I'll say this: there have been churches that have reached out uh, before, during, and since uh, that are predominantly white congregations have said, "Hey, we want to uh, help. We want to support the work that you're doing," and we've said yes. Now I think you know to. There's some people who would argue, okay, uh, beyond just if we're going to solve the problem. The, All right, you're getting you know, too deep in the weeds. Like, how about we meet? How about we yeah, just meet sorry. first? How about you pray together first? You're getting deep in the weeds here, and I don't think you need to. But what? Listen, I barely go to church, but I, I'm a believer. But I don't, you know. Leo, you know, let's get you to weigh in on this. Your thoughts? Yeah, Pastor. I, I mean, it seems, Pastor, it seems like you're. It, it's hard for you to just say, "Let's get united. Let's live in a colorblind society." Look, you may be under a lot of pressure. I respect that. I don't care if there's pressure. This country is being torn apart based on color. If we're all under the same flag, we should be united. Now, let me tell you right now: if Sean Hannity did not show those faces of people and names being murdered, not by police but by criminals, we would not have this type of discussion going on right now. And let me tell you, those other extreme networks that refuse to talk about the crime in our city, you know why? Because they're in the back pocket of the Democratic Party. We have a country to save, and this is very basic to me. As a lifelong Democrat, as a person who's a civil rights attorney, who sued police officers, I am sick and tired of the murdering of children, young and old, regardless of color. I'll extend my hand to you, what Sean's talking about. Who cares about the blowback? We're united in trying to solve this problem. Let's stop the murders. Let's work together. Black, white, yellow, brown churches, we're all God's children. That's not hard for me to say. Yeah, so, so Leo, here's probably where my rub is. Okay. Uh, I, I had someone uh, earlier this week say to me, hey, uh, I don't see black. I don't see color. I, I got to th- this is probably where I may get off the train um, because, you know, we say God is. is well, Pastor, is I'm going to interrupt you. You're not you're not even getting on the train because you, it's like, let's meet first. No, no, no. I'm about to get on the train. Let me. Let, let, but I want to make sure that we're clear. Uh, God is triune. He's one and he's three. He's one and diverse. I, you can see me as a black man, and I can see someone else as a Caucasian man, and we can both affirm each other in our diversity, in our issues, in our problems, and we can celebrate. Oh, man. I, I feel like I'm in. Uh, I feel like I'm in a classroom. Are, are you? Are you under pressure, Pastor, by members of the right. black community? Because it doesn't bother me. The pre- as a civil rights attorney. 
I'm looking for a colorblind society. I just feel it sounds like you're under pressure. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not under any pressure. I'm, okay. I'm a preacher. Okay. We 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 we, we preach against. Uh, we preach counterculturally. Right. Nobody. I tell you what. I'm not going to cut this discussion okay. short. We're going to hold you guys over. Uh, and, and maybe we'll get a couple of calls in. Uh, we continue Leo Terrell, pastor, Patrick PT, uh, Naguolo is with us, lead pastor of resurrection Houston. That was George Floyd's church. All right. As we continue with Leo Terrell, pastor, Patrick PT, uh, Naguolo is with us, lead pastor, resurrection Houston, George Floyd's church. Uh, Leo, you were asking the, the pastor if he's under pressure of some kind, yeah. uh, pastor, are you under any pressure? I mean, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that you got some heat for coming on the show. Pastor, are you under pressure? No, I'm not under any pressure. Okay. So then what, what's the holdup? So I guess, are, are you, here, here's my fundamental belief is that God is triune. And in that, because God is triune, one and three, we are, we come together as one, one people, but we acknowledge the diversity in those particular people. We we acknowledge that there's something specific that black people come with. There's something specific that all ethnicities come with. And so uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is I, I agree with you that there should be unity. Uh, I also think that there should be conversation that fosters and brings that unity together. Leo. I'm all in favor of conversation, but I also want progress. I want the murders. I want the killing of people of all colors to stop. I want there to be some acknowledgement by, by those mayors in those Democratic cities to stop the carnage that's going on every week. And they look the other way, and they, other than Fox News, they don't talk about it on the other networks. And so, Pastor, I, I hear about this conversation, but can we get a little bit more fact-specific? And can you call out those mayors and the murders that's going on in these cities so that we won't have our people murdered every weekend? Uh, I'll do that. Let's do something immediately. Let's, let's do something. I'll tell you what. Because I'm going to pick happening. it up on the other side of this break. That's a great cutting-off point. Uh, yeah, how do we stop? How do we save America's treasure? That's our children. We'll continue Leo Terrell at the Leo Terrell on Twitter. Pastor Patrick P.T. Nguolo, lead pastor, Resurrection Houston, George Floyd's church. More on the other side uh, and other news and information. The battle against police. We have an update coming up on our news roundup hour. Hannity tonight at nine on Fox News. We are only 28 days and we have some announcements coming. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Live Free or America Dies, we release that book. Everything that you ever loved about this country is hanging in the balance in 119 days. We'll continue. Honestly, truly disheartening. Um, having a mother as a police officer, I just want Americans to remember that police officers have families too, and they have children and loved ones that need them to come home un unharmed. Um, and I just want everyone to know that police officers are human, too. They have fears. They have people that they love, and they bleed just like the rest of us. And people like my mom, who is the most amazing person in my life, you know, deserve to not be executed the way that she was just because of her uniform. They say Black Lives Matter. You killed your home. Get your own it's huh? Just because of burial. They killed my baby because she crossed the barrier and made a U-turn. You kill a child. She ain't do nothing to nobody. 
She ain't did nothing to now one of y'all. She just wanted to get home to see her cousin. That's all she wanted to do. She just wanted to get home. All right, that first quote was uh, from the daughter of a police officer, you know, saying, you know, cops bleed just like the rest of us. They they love and have family. We now have well over a thousand police officers now injured, and they've been pelted with rocks and bottles and Molotov cocktails. They've been shot at. You know, we now have, what, almost eight murdered. We have others permanently injured. And the violence continues and the looting and the arson and allowing anarchists to take over city blocks. That all that too resulting in death as we had the opportunity to interview Horace, uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson. He lost his 19 year old son in the summer of love chop Chaz zone out in Seattle and the police and the medics. They had to beg the anarchists who didn't want them to even offer medical attention. They were begging to let them in. Could we just here to give medical attention? Please let us in. Please. They're pleading and begging. I mean, this is a form of madness. We continue with Leo Terrell at the Leo Terrell on Twitter. Pastor Patrick P.T. Nugolo. He was the lead pastor, is the lead pastor of Resurrection Houston. Friend of George Floyd, and he was his pastor. Uh, you know, we left off, Pastor, with this idea and question from Leo Terrell. You have all of these cities... You have all of these cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. Most of the states run by liberal Democrats for decades. If you look at these cities, they have the most violence. Neighborhoods not safe, not secure. Now we have kids every weekend getting shot and killed in these cities. Now we want to defund the police. Not me, some people. Uh, Now they cut a billion dollars, for example, for the NYPD. They're cutting in Los Angeles. They're cutting in every other big city. Uh, we see what happened in Minneapolis. They're uh, totally disbanding the police in Minneapolis. Not a, not a good idea. Who are you going to call at midnight when something happens? And I guess the question is, is what Leo's asking you is from the political side. You know, all these Democrats for all these decades, they have failed America's children and America's families. And they failed spectacularly in safety and security. And I would also argue they failed in, in their responsibility to educate Every single, you know, child that lives in their city or their state, they failed miserably. So, uh, uh, great question. Uh, Spawned by this. L- listen, black life, no matter who it is and what, what happened, is uh, in this country treated with short worth. And all lives are precious. And, and, and no matter how it happened, whether it was uh, by someone in the community or someone with, uh, with lawful authority, we mourn the fact that people are being uh, slaughtered. And so, but, but I also want to point out that this thing shouldn't be an either-or conversation. Hey, look at Chicago, look at Atlanta, and the violence is there. Or, hey, people are using, uh, unlawful, they're using their authority unlawfully against uh, black and brown citizens. I think you can have a both-and conversation. And I think uh, it's perfectly legitimate to say there are failures in both both issues and that we as a country and, man, literally as a community have probably failed in both areas. So how do we uh, both hold people who have authority accountable and uh, hold those people uh, in our community who are supposed to be helping uh, 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 bring down the violence, holding them accountable as well? I think... I think there's blame enough to go around, and I think there's work uh, to be done on on both ends, and we don't have to pick either or. We can do both ends. 
Leo? Well, let me just say this, Pastor. Pastor, I've got 25 years invested as a civil rights attorney, working in a Democratic city, fighting against police misconduct. And I'm sitting here telling you right now, 25 years invested, big cases, cases like the George Floyd case. And I'm telling you, this Democratic experience in these big cities has failed because they're arguing an issue that does not exist, systematic discrimination. What I'm telling you, it's very simple. They're not addressing the issue of school choice, supporting the police. They're allowing these things to happen in their own backyard, and they're trying to blame somebody else, a boogeyman. This is not 1960. It's 2020. we got blacks and browns in power, position of leadership in these Democratic cities, and they have failed. And every week, Pastor, you would know this, in these big major cities, cities like Los Angeles, which I live in, they're not supporting the police. They're allowing people of color, of all colors, to die in the streets, and they want to blame other people for the problems that they are in control of. And if we're going to do something, it's very simple. we got to support the police, we got to support our schools, and we got to do something. This is coming from a person who has 25 years of civil rights time invested in this country. But I see the light, and I know we got to do something other than what the Democrats have been doing for the last two or three decades. So, Leo, I have a question for you. Sure, Pastor. What What do you believe happened to George Floyd? George, let me be very clear about that. George uh, by the way, Floyd, everybody but, feels this way, Leo. I mean, this is universal condemnation. Well, yeah. but go ahead. I, but George, I want to know what George, was, Leo thinks. Oh, no question about it. It's very simple. George Floyd was murdered by a rogue officer, and three other officers looked the other way and didn't take corrective action. There is no question about that. But let me simply say that with the following. 98% of officers are the ones that protect you and I, Pastor, and Sean Hannity throughout the night. And what those horrible officers did should not be a reflection on 98% of the officers and should not call for the defunding of police. So I would, agree, I would agree with you. you agree? I agree. So, so, Thank you. So, no, well, well, I agree with you that defunding the police uh, is probably a poor choice of words. But... I think that there should be that I think there should be some thought about reallocation. I mean, every year, my wife and I, we think about how we're going to spend our money, depending on what our goals and what we want to do. I think in places like Atlanta, particularly with the young man that was uh, slaughtered there. I mean, it's a DUI, DWI. uh, You know, what about social workers being sent out? instead of police officers. I mean, well, let, let, let me just, not, not, not to say that we're not saying, I don't, I don't think that it is helpful to say kill everything off. I've, I've lived in places where there are no national police, uh, where no local police. That's not uh, going to be helpful for anybody uh, in third world countries. But I do think that you ought to think about reallocating how, how funds are reallocated to make sure that you're serving a whole community. All right, quick break. We'll come back. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, more with at the Leo Terrell on Twitter and George uh, Floyd's pastor, Patrick P.T. Nguolo. All right, as we continue, at the Leo Terrell on Twitter, Pastor uh, Patrick P.T. Nguolo, pastor of the Resurrection Houston Church. George Floyd was a friend and a member of the church. Baltimore per capita gets that gets the third highest amount of money per student in terms of education spending. America spends more per capita than any industrialized nation. 
In Baltimore, there are 13, Pastor, public high schools, 13, where not one child is proficient in math. Not one. I, 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 I don't think it's about allocation of money. But I think that, you know, fundamentally, I, I, I kind of feel like you're ducking Leo's question a little bit, Pastor. And Leo, you, you put it in your own words. I'm hearing you say that does this institutional failure in big cities and states run by liberal Democrats for decades, you know, why is it happening? Because the money's been spent, the tax money's been collected. They haven't fixed the problem. There's not been the will to fix the problem. And I'm saying that out of personal experience for 25 years. I've been doing this as a civil rights attorney, Pastor. I I got Democratic. Uh, I got you. So let's talk about the educational system. I can only talk about uh, the one here in Houston. Uh, uh, Educational uh, allocation of resources is determined by property tax. The property taxes of your area determine how much money goes to your specific location here. Uh, in the middle of uh, Third Ward, we've got one high school that has one feeder school, one middle school. Both of those, and, uh, before then there was two or three that fed in, but because of the lack of resources, because whenever it comes down to where does the money go, well, Revokes and all those other areas of part of town, they've got the money, resources. That money is used to educate their children in their area. In, in, in places like uh, third ward i mean where the the money's uneven those those children don't get the same type of education it comes down to money we our system at least in the state of texas is run on on property taxes i don't know how it is around the country but i'm sure it's the same where i mean if you've got uh, one school bringing in you know five times the amount of the other school I mean, well there's going to be a educational disadvantage i, I mean that makes sense so Leo. I think there is a problem there that needs to be fixed. Uh, Pastor, in California, and Sean talked about Baltimore, is that there's an equalization. Now, I, we, I can't speak for Texas problem. Maybe it needs to be corrected. But there's, it's not a question of money being allocated per student in the great state of California or in Baltimore. It is a question of the leadership that are dominated by Democratic mayors, People of color, Mayor Pastor, people of color who should have an affirmative obligation to take care of their community. But they have failed because their policies don't support independence or personal responsibility. It supports dependency. And what happens? You have what you're going on right now, total chaos. Remember, it's not 1960. It's 2020. People of color are running these big-time Democratic cities, Mayor. Pastor, can you just acknowledge oh, that simple truth? <laughs> I, I, I'm acknowledging that there's, a, there's failure in the system. I've, I'm Please. a lawyer for 15 years. I've been, okay. I've been working in neighborhoods like George Floyd's for the last 15 years. I literally uh, have dedicated my ministry to an area. like So when I'm talking about these issues, I know I, I come off as... Uh, 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 humble preacher, but listen, the, these systemic issues are issues that not have just, I mean, we, we haven't, I mean, yes, is it better than it was in 1960? Yes. But we still have a, uh, uh, a way to go. You, you look at that issue with George Floyd, and listen, I, now I'll go ahead and come out all the way out the woods. I work criminal defense, and so I see when police unions and officers uh, uh, of that caliber, and no, not all officers and not most officers, but there are systemic issues 
that arise that uh, when, when, when people are faced with people using authority unlawfully, the laws in place are there where we don't have, like, we, we, can't, we can't say an officer should be treated just like everyone else. He has qualified immunity. He has status that other people don't have. And so consequently, when you're trying to hold those one or two officers uh, accountable, you're not able to do it. And so well, then that's when the- people say, well, wait, there is a systemic issue. Well, the Pastor, we had a great senator named Tim Scott put forward a justice reform bill, the beginning of a good start. Guess what? Because of politics, two black Democratic senators, let me mention their names, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, they killed the bill before it got on the floor. This is what I'm talking about. You got people on the left playing politics with the lives of people of color and Americans in general. There was no reason why that bill should not have had a full-fledged debate on the Senate floor, but it was killed by Democrats, Booker and Harris. Tell me if that's not true. Please, tell me if, if I'm right. not wrong. So, so, so wait, before you paint me in the box, I want you to understand this. I'm neither okay. uh, a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a theocrat. I, I'm an advocate for Jesus' rule on earth. So that also that means that you speak truth to power whether it's a Republican president or a Democratic senator, you say what it is, it's on your heart, you, you tell them the truth, you critique, lovingly critique uh, uh, any political right. actor, whether they be Republican or Democrat. i got to leave it there. Uh, Leo Terrell, thank you, Pastor, all, all, my, all our best. If you ever want uh, me and Leo to, to try and help you in any way, I, I, don't, I can't speak for Leo, but it sounds to me like he's in. I'm in. Let me know. I'd love to help any way I can. Hey. This was a great conversation. we got to right. do it again. Thank you both. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. One picture tells the story here tonight. A patrol car turned into a memorial to the police officers murdered last night. A city's outpouring of love for the latest victims of hate. This was the deadliest day for U.S. law enforcement since 9-11. Police say that a lone gunman, angry about recent police shootings of black men, opened fire on officers as they guarded a peaceful demonstration against the killings in Louisiana and Minnesota earlier this week. During an hours-long standoff, the gunman told police he was targeting white officers. Twelve officers were shot, five killed, seven wounded. Cell phone video captured the moment that an officer ran toward the gunman and engaged him in a firefight. He's down. Seconds later, the officer was hit and the gunman fled. The shooting started at about 8.45 p.m. Central Time, just as the peaceful protest was ending. Chance turned to screams as the crowd ran for cover. Eyewitnesses reported shots coming from above. But we knew at that point that we needed to turn around and go the opposite direction. And so kind of natural instinct kicked in and we started telling people go back that way. Out here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. We got one more shooter out here. We got an open window on the, on the side of Lamar. We got rifles hanging out. Throughout the shooting, the gunman continued to target police. In the chaos, officers ran to the aid of fallen colleagues. 
The suspect then fled to a nearby college where the police say he shot through windows and doors to gain access and eventually holed up on the second floor of this campus building. It was there that police attempted to negotiate with 25-year-old Micah Xavier Johnson, an Army veteran of the Afghan war. In that conversation, they learned about his motives. The suspect said he was upset about Black Lives Matter. He said he was upset about the recent police shootings. He wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. It's not the only example of such provocative imagery. A Facebook post one day before the Dallas attack showed a cartoon image of someone appearing to be an ISIS fighter killing a police officer. That prompted Dallas Police Sergeant Dimitri Penny to sue Facebook for refusing to take the image down. And the message we got from social media was from Facebook was that it didn't violate the terms and conditions. It didn't violate their community standards. An image the Dallas shooter Micah Johnson reportedly shared on social media. Days after the attack, Facebook did begin to remove the image from pages where it was deemed insightful against police. Everybody that, and anybody that has any connection with these deaths should, should be held accountable. Patrick Zamaripa, one of five officers killed last July. His father, who makes regular visits to his son's grave, has joined the lawsuit. If it weren't for them, you know, they wouldn't be able to communicate. The, these the radicals wouldn't be able to communicate and organize. The lawsuit charges social media corporations with providing material support to terrorist groups and profiting from the content those groups post. All right, first you heard Scott Pelley reporting on the Dallas police shooting, and the second was the uh, Fox 4 Dallas report on a lawsuit against social media companies over the Dallas police shooting. Uh, joining us now is Sergeant uh, Dimitrik uh, Penny is with us, 21-year veteran Dallas Police Force, president of the Dallas-Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation, now a U.S. congressional candidate uh, in the Texas Congressional District 30. Outraged now, over a 1,000 police officers around the country have been injured. Rocks, bricks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, knives, guns, tasers, you name it, it's all being used against them. Police precincts burnt to the ground. Police precincts in Seattle taken over for weeks on end in the summer of love zone. And, you know, you look back at these attacks on the police four years ago in Dallas. Remember, one of the officers paid, you know, the the price of his life is remembered by his father, uh, who joins us on the show. Uh, We have with us right now uh, Rick uh, Zemaripa is with us and... He lost his son, Patrick, a Navy vet, member of the Dallas Police Force that day. Now, Patrick uh, Zemaripa was 32, one of five officers shot and killed by the crazed gunman that last week in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I'm so sorry, first of all, for your loss, your family, and all these officers. Now we have, I think, six to eight dead, some permanently injured. A thousand hit in the face with bricks, rocks, and and other items. I mean, and now we're talking about defunding the police. Uh, I don't know how you ever recover, Rick, when you lose your son. Well, it's just it's just terrible what they're doing. You know, it just uh, that's when something happens. Who they call them? The police. They want to defund them. Take take the resources away. Uh, uh, It just it just floors me. You know, and who they first start to holler for when they need help. Call the police, and then they won't be around if they defund them. Well, they're not going to be around. I mean, I keep raising that question. So who are you going to call? Minneapolis disbanded, defunded the police there. 
okay, something happens. I don't know, maybe in the broad daylight. We, we saw this guy assassinated in the Bronx of New York while crossing the street holding his little daughter's hand. We played that on, it's on Hannity.com, but we played that last night on TV. Uh, who are you going to call if it's midnight and some a group of people might be trying to break into your home? So much criticism of the St. Louis couple after they were being threatened, after people broke down the gate, got into the neighborhood, then they went back. And I hear that actually was the president that actually sent the only show of, uh, of police presence when they came back the second time. Uh, you know, Sergeant Penny, I look at you, you're 21 years on the job. I mean, I, I, I know many guys that wanted to be police officers their whole life. If they can retire, they're getting out. I know other guys that are saying they don't feel confident enough to go out and actually do the job the way it's supposed to be done. Uh, I see a lot of people disengaging. I mean, this has now been building for a while. I'm sure you saw the videos of New York City police officers being doused with water and and hit with rocks and their cars being destroyed. Now it's on steroids. It's happening in all of these big cities. Yes, it is. It is. And then we should have we should get control of this right now. Look, this is the fourth anniversary of dealing with the Dallas shooting attack here in, da- here in Dallas, Texas. It's unfortunate, but we lost five officers, and that should have set the stage to say that everyone, no matter where you are, no matter where you live at, that everyone should make sure that they are upholding and protecting their law enforcement officers. Because those guys are going to be the ones running toward the carnage while, everything else is, while everyone else is running away from it. What I remember that night, because that was the worst, that was, that was the, one of the worst times of my life in dealing with that. But I can tell you that the only solace that I found was knowing that the last thing that that gunman, that, that coward, that terrorist, the last thing he saw was that robot rolling up on him with that bomb on him, blowing him to pieces. That was the only solace I saw. But I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I mourn and I hurt so much to, to see these officers getting, getting shot and hurt every day because I know that this is their job. This is what they do every day. And we're not addressing the issue as it stands. These are domestic terrorists. Anytime, any group, we, we, I don't care what group you want to use. You want to use Antifa, you want to use Black Lives Matter, whatever you want to you use. Any of these groups, anytime a group organizes for the purpose of using intimidation and violence to attack law enforcement or to carry out a political agenda, that's by definition a domestic terrorist. And we should be going after these groups. That, I just can't deal with it anymore. I don't know why DOJ not doing their job. I don't know why the courts haven't been doing their job, which is why I'm taking it a step further. And I'm, I'm saying that I'm going directly after these individuals. I'm running for Congress. I'm going to make sure that we start addressing these issues that are impacting our community, especially our law enforcement officers. Who are you running against, and, and what is your district composed of? You usually have, like, plus Democrat, plus Republican, uh, you know, plus three, minus three. Yes. Where do you, what is your district now? Who's, uh, who's currently the Congress representative, congressional representative? The congressional representative is Eddie Bernice Johnson. She's been in office 50 years. I'm being facetious. But she's been in office 28 years. All these social issues that are centrally impacting this district, she's been a part of it. It, it, but when you go talk to people in the community, they blame Trump. And I'm like, Trump hadn't been here for 50 years. She's been here. And, and that's the crazy part about this is that, look, this, the majority minority districts across this country, all of them are suffering the same way. They have the same issue. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's the central uh, uh, issues of dealing with crime, the violence, the fact that we're not able to police them. Let's just look at, let's just look at the July 4th weekend alone, okay? Atlanta had 31 people shot, an 8-year-old killed. For uh, in my in my uh, New York PD had 48 people shot, 10 people killed. Chicago, 87 people shot, 
17 people killed, including seven, a seven-year-old girl. We got to say enough is enough. It's time for the community to stand up and say we're not going to let these terrorists take over our community. That's why I'm trying to. That's why I'm, that's a message that we need to be getting down to D.C. so that Washington can know that we're not going to allow you to neglect these majority minority districts anymore. We're not going to allow you to do it because I don't you're going know to our kids to die. I, I mean, I keep going over the statistics. Sometimes I feel like a broken record here, but every it's not the same. It's not the same track I'm playing. Because every week it's a set of new statistics. You know, we lost six kids, uh, Sergeant, six kids uh, ages 6 to 14 in, in shootings over the last few days as a result of all of this violence. Well, one thing that we have in common, all of these incidences of, of violence are happening in, in cities that have been run for decades by liberal Democrats. Most of the states, I think with the exception of Georgia, have been run by Democrats for decades also. That would be New York and Illinois and, and Washington State and, and Portland and Oregon and, and California, for example. That's where, And now these right. are the places, Minneapolis, another case in point. They've been run by liberal Democrats for decades. And they not only, they, they just allow this carnage to happen. They don't, they don't seem phased by it. I don't see people protesting in the streets saying the violence has to end. I mean, you know, look right. at Chicago, 87 shootings, 17 fatalities uh, just over the past weekend. 13 of the shooting victims were under 14 years of age. Now, that to me becomes a, a national emergency. We rightly, the, you know, George Floyd, the videotape of that shocked the conscience of a country. Why doesn't this shock the conscience of a country? Because it shocks my conscience. Look, when we start talking about little black kids being killed in the inner city, this has been going on, Sean. We got 121 of these underserved communities in the United States that have all been run. Like you said, they've been all Democrat run. And it's been the same status quo over and over again. No one has done anything. But I will say this. This is what I will say. The party, the Republican Party, has to start being smart in how they handle their business. They cannot be afraid to run to run candidates in these districts. Look, I, they're not, the NRCC hadn't got behind me. But you know what? I don't need them to because I'm going to go directly to the people because I know the people out here in the community are ready for change. This is what we got to start doing. We got to start telling people that, look, it's not about... The district. Let's stop looking at these so-called battleground districts and and whatnot. Let's start looking at the humanistic nature. Let's start looking at how people. Are I, I I love Let's the thought and process, but unfortunately, there are many people who go in and they go, "Okay, I'm voting for the Democrat," and I and I don't get it because you're voting for to just reinforce failure and reinforce you know failing schools. You know I uh, you know right. poor you know Mr. Zemaripa, you lost your son, and I got to tell you, and I know you have to run, but. Uh, I just want you to know that this audience cares, you know, and um, I'm so sorry that, that that happened in your life. And I want you to know we're all praying for you and your family. I appreciate that. I really do. It's uh, it's just tragic. Uh, son, my son was 30 years old. He was he wanted to do right. He wanted to make sure, you know, he, he loved America. He loved this country. You know, he served a served. Uh, eight yep. years in the Navy, and then he 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 was Naval Reserves, and he still put on a Dallas Police uh, uniform. He wanted to make sure the United States people, citizens, were well taken care of, protected. That's the type of person he he loved his country. He he said the year that he got killed on Fourth of July, "Happy birthday to the greatest nation on earth, the greatest nation on earth." Don't tread on me. He loved wow. his country. He served 
the Navy and a police officer in Dallas because he wanted to help the people oh. of the United States and, and be be there for them. This can't happen anymore. Can't happen anymore. Mr. Mr. Zamaripa, our prayers are with you. Sergeant uh, uh, Penny, by the way, you want to check it out. He's running for Congress in the 30th uh, district, congressional district in Texas. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. All right. Glad you're with us. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 28 days. Everything it is, everything that we know to be what has made America great. That means America's history. What? What is what is how did we become the greatest nation on Earth? I know we're imperfect. We talk about our imperfections, but we're also the country that has more freedom, more liberty. And we have created a standard of living that is the envy of the world. And in spite of all the power we've accumulated, we abuse it less and we have used our freedoms to advance the human condition worldwide and in the process defeat fascism, Nazism, communism, now more recently radical Islamism. And yet no country is perfect. We 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 have a, we literally have a document. It's called our Constitution that allows us to right wrongs, correct injustices. And we have proven that system works. We've gotten a lot done. We have a lot more to do. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll just tell you the one chapter in my book, which is the history of socialism, the, the history of the failure and what the 2020 Democratic agenda will do has all been tried before. And if we're silly enough in 119 days to vote for Pelosi, Schumer and and Biden, then America will become very quickly unrecognizable. Or as the great Ronald Reagan said, freedom is but one generation away from extinction. The stakes couldn't be higher. By the way, we have some announcements coming. A pretty exciting announcements, actually, uh, as it relates to what's going to happen in 28 days. We'll be making those in the days to come. Anyway, you can now uh, order it online for day of delivery for its release. Uh, Just go to Hannity.com, Amazon.com. My first book in 10 years. But everything is every single thing you love is at stake here. There's never been a bigger choice election. It's about open borders or about secure borders, sanctuary cities or the rule of law and sanctuary states or the rule of law. It's about Supreme Court justices that will impact this country for generations. It's about Joe plans to raise your taxes to unprecedented levels. The president will give us tax cuts. The president has given us energy independence the first time in 75 years, and we're now the number one producer of energy in the entire world. That hasn't happened in at least 75 years. You know, it's about better trade deals because the president insists on them and fights for them versus the, the, the status quo, which is America gets screwed. Those manufacturing jobs that Biden and Barack said were never coming back, they came back. And even more are going to come back as we take away some of the manufacturing that had been shipped over to China over the last number of decades. You know, then you add to that a foreign policy of peace through strength. Biden, Barack, they, they, they couldn't beat the caliphate with the rules of engagement. Donald Trump defeated the caliphate. It took the handcuffs off of our military and let them do their job. Win wars. If you're going to fight it, win it. Don't waste our time go knocking door to door like we did in Baghdad ever again. We can't we can't allow national treasure like that to die and have their legs blown off day after day after day. There's a better way. 
We have better, more advanced technologies. Start using it. You know, I, I see a day in a future where if you want to know how warfare is going to evolve, it's going to be people in Tampa, Florida, pushing buttons uh, that will take out and wipe out specific targets around the globe anywhere, anytime. We better be ahead of the curve on that. President's now up it, up spending upwards of more money on the military and development of new weapons than we've ever had. It's about a belief in American greatness and exceptionalism or, you know, a never-ending assault and attack on America and Americans and the institutions that make us great. It's freedom that's made us great. It's the belief that God endowed us with these freedoms. You know, we're endowed by our creator. Certain inalienable rights, what does that mean? Those rights come from God and not from government and not from men. And there's this tendency to always want to dabble and, and put our toe in the water and say, well, can we get everything for free? Well, you do that, now, you, now you're empowering power-hungry politicians. Look at Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi, 125 years of failure. Why didn't they get done the things that Donald Trump got done? Criminal justice reform, police uh, 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 reforms that he put in place, opportunity zones, helping historically black colleges, Record low after record low after record low unemployment records shattered for all Americans, every demographic group in the country. Joe and Barack didn't get that done. Donald Trump got that done. You know, they didn't beat the caliphate because they, they didn't empower the military to do its job. They were too busy negotiating, you know, uh, cargo planes so they can dump $150 billion in cash and other currency on the tarmac for mullahs in Iran that hate our guts and get nothing in return. That's called appeasement. It always fails. You know, everything is on riding here. It's, it's all on the line here. They implement this radical agenda. That's what I put in Live Free or America Dies. If they put in these, these agenda items, America as we know it will be unrecognizable. It, it, we won't survive. It's simple math on a lot of it. This socialist utopia... You know, look at the one main promise. Keep your doctor plan and save, on average, $2,500 a year per family. How did that work out for you? We're paying, on average, 200% more. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. Almost 40% of Americans have one, only one, Obamacare exchange op option to choose from. Otherwise, they have no health insurance. None. Zero. It's unbelievable. How many times are you going to allow these Democrats in big cities... You know, that have elected Democrats for decades, blue states that have elected Democrats for decades. How how long are we going to allow them to lie to us? How long do they get to continue policies of failure? That's going to be decided by the people of this country in 119 days. You're the ultimate jury. I can't make you vote the way I want you to vote. I have one vote and it's probably meaningless in New York. I'm going to go vote, but it probably won't amount for much uh ronda's in indiana sean hannity show by the way hannity.com for all this information what's up ronda how are you i'm doing great sean hey i was listening to your conversation with uh mr floyd's pastor and the other gentleman and i heard one of them use the word colorblind you know when it comes to matters of race it, is, it isn't even possible for us to be colorblind and it isn't desirable and here's what i mean I know that the God who put the brilliant colors in our Indiana sunsets is the same God who has chosen a beautiful palette for my fellow human beings. 
And when I see the colors, it points me to that designer and that creator. And you also mentioned that it is time for the white church to meet its black brothers and sisters. And let me tell you how I do that. I do not wait for my pastor to tell me to do it. Over the weekend, I was out with my husband and two of my four boys. We were eating dinner, and there was a table of six young black men close to us. My boys, my four sons, have so enlarged my heart for other people's children, and I got up and I went to that table of six young black boys, and I said, I have four sons of my own. The thing that I want the most in all the world is for my sons to walk with God. You have mothers, and by now they are smiling at me. You have mothers. I hope that they care about you like I care about about my boys. But you may tell your mothers that there's a tiny, white, curly-headed mother that is going to be praying for you guys when you come to her mind. And before I left to join my family, I looked at those precious faces one more time, and I said, I love you. You are my fellow Americans, period. See, I think you reflect— and and you're and you know it's poetry what you're expressing here. I I, I don't I don't have that gift at all. Um, what you're expressing is the ma- majesty of all human beings, and that yeah. you know that uh, you know like for example, the reason I'm saying the pastors need to do it because the, the government's not going to do it. Government's no. incapable of doing it. Government yeah. can't even run the post office the right way and make that profitable. Um, government can't run your health care. Government can't guarantee you a job. They can't guarantee your he- food. You know, they can't guarantee your retirement. They're full of crap. I mean, excuse me, probably I should be, you know, a little bit better in my language, but I did grow up in the streets of New York. They're just That's full right. of it. And, and I'm yeah. sick and tired of being lied to. And yeah. you know what? If we believe that's our collective American family, then let, let's act like a family. We can have yeah. disagreements all we want, but if Americans are dying... And it's like a war zone in some cities, and it's day after day, week after week, and year after year, and nobody fixes it. Why don't these people that say they're going to do it throw them the hell out of office? They don't deserve another chance. Biden never broke any record for any demographic in this country in record low unemployment. You know what? He's had 51 years. Him, Pelosi, and Schumer combined over 125 years. You know, their words are empty and meaningless to me. You know, and the media gives him a pass on his his views on segregation, integration, predators, you know, racial, whatever. He use. I mean, he uses all these terms all the time. I mean, I'm just sick of it. The double standard is obnoxious. So, you know, just an idea that came flying out of my mouth when I first talked to the pastor of George Floyd. You know, that can't happen again. And and and, and th- that's a universal issue. I don't know anybody except maybe some psycho keyboard warriors in their underwear that are anonymous, you know, that just try to be provocative, a bunch of losers. But anybody with a heart, conscience and soul, you know, looks at what happened to George Floyd and looks at what's happening in American cities and says, this has got to stop. But I'll tell you, they're not going to I don't see a, a de Blasio or a, or a Cuomo changing. I think the only way you're going to change is to throw them out of office. And I don't see New York doing it. And I don't see Illinois and Chicago doing it. And I don't see New York City doing it. And I don't see Baltimore doing it. And I don't see L.A. or, or California doing it or, or Seattle or Washington doing it or Portland or Oregon doing it. So, you know, at some point, you know, remember, when people just start to leave the, in droves, we'll know why. They've been pushed out. And if you're going to leave your your blue state and your blue city, 
for more safety and security and less taxes and, and less burdensome bureaucracy. Leave your liberal policies with you so you don't destroy the red state that you're moving to to get away from the crap in your blue state. Here's my answer. Anyway, Rhonda, yeah, we're all children of God. I agree. Uh, Stephanie is in Texas. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? Hi, Sean. Um, I wanted to talk about my brother. He's a police officer, and recently, uh, during arrest, people will yell out to him, arrest me so I can ruin your life, hit me, shoot me. And people there are recording um, with their cell phones most of the call-outs. He said he's never seen that before, and they're really seeking the next viral video. And he's a very calm person, but even in his personal life, when he's getting food in his uniform, being yelled at, followed, harassed. He's been called all kinds of names because he's a minority, and it's really distracting for him because it takes away the focus he has as a police officer. And he really feels, and he said this to me, I really feel abandoned because there's just this double standard in um, Texas and in media and politics of who's worthy of being valued and who's not. And he recently had to take some time off because it really got to the core of who he is. And he's back now, but he's like, I've never felt that feeling in my life. And he is has many accolades and is, you know, such a, a an amazing police officer. And it's just really sad that the climate we're in is really um, exposing these great police officers to this kind of sort of I, I don't think anybody is ever going to want to get into this profession anymore. And it is a profession for many people that I know that are in law enforcement. They're not doing it for the money. Teachers don't do it for the money. Pilots don't do it for the money. They all they just have a passion. Everybody I know that does it. They wanted to do that since they were whatever age. And I think they're at the point like your brother, you know, it's like I, I, I can't even do my job. I'm not going to get the support I need to do my job. Do it the right way. Anyway, I got a break here. Uh, thank you, Stephanie. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, how to stop the violence that is now out of control. We'll have full, complete coverage. 119 days till Election Day. Some news information, facts the mob won't give you on COVID 19. And uh, there are new phenomenons that we got to watch. But if you look at the actual death rate, the number of daily deaths has been dropping for two months. We'll explain all of this on Hannity tonight at 9 on Fox News. Set your DVR. Only 28 days to live free or die. Just go to Hannity.com, Amazon.com. We'll see you tonight at 9. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.